Remember when you had to pay to get a lead's phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right, get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. Buy low, sell high. Very easy to say, but not always so easy to do. For example, high interest rates are hurting the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices in a lot of markets are falling, even for many of the best assets. So it's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com pockets, fundrise.com pockets. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to On The Market. I'm your host, Dave Meyer, joined by the birthday boy, James Daynard, turning 40 years old today in podcasting anyway. Thank you for joining us on your birthday. You know what? I, I wouldn't rather be anywhere else. <laughs> I think you're lying, but I appreciate you saying that anyway. But uh, how are you feeling? How does it feel to be 40? You know what? I'm actually feeling pretty sore, and I don't think it's the 40. It's just because I had like a little, like, I need to work out and just get after it this week, and I've definitely overdone it. I mean, you have more energy than than most people I've ever met, so I don't think 40 slowing you down at all. No, not going to let it do a thing. Just keep growing. Well, James, we have an awesome show today. We brought in a couple of realtors. We have Ryan Blackstone from Northwest Arkansas, friend and partner of Henry's, and Anson Young, one of the original... Bigger Pockets authors um, and someone I've known for a long time coming to talk about uh, what they're learning being an agent in two pretty different markets. What, uh, you know, as an agent yourself, what did you learn from this conversation or what do you think listeners should be on the lookout for? You know, I think the biggest thing is to not just look at each market as one, but really just look at what is working in each market, look at price points. I mean, you know, the rates have spooked people, they're kind of locking up and they think they need to look elsewhere, but the common message was, no, just break it down by price points and see where the opportunities are. And transactions can keep going on in any type of market. Awesome. Great. Couldn't agree more. So we're going to take a quick break, of course, but then we'll be back with Anson, 
Ryan, and of course, myself and James. Top real estate investors love to talk about how they save so much on taxes, but how are they able to build rental property empires while skirting Uncle Sam? 1031 exchanges. 1031 exchanges allow you to defer capital gains taxes while you sell an investment property, exchanging your old property for a bigger, better one and avoiding the tax man while you do it. And that's where First American Exchange Company comes in. They're the leaders in 1031 exchanges. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting, First American Exchange can help you with simple rental property exchanges, complex commercial real estate investments, reverse exchanges, and more. Don't let your taxes eat into your profits. Visit First American Exchange Company at firstexchange.com or call them at 800-556-2520. That's firstexchange.com or 800-556-2520. Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're trying to close on your next rental. So why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Today for our Realtor panel, we are, of course, joined by James Daynard, our resident realtor on the show. James, what's going on, man? Oh, just enjoying the big day, number four zero. Yeah, happy birthday! I was thinking about making these other guys sing to you, but I think that would be too <laughs> embarrassing. But we'll just we'll just tell you happy birthday. Only if it's the Red Robin version. That's the only one I want. I don't know the Red Robin version. You don't know the Red Robin birthday song? No, I mean I know you were a Red Robin like employee of the year. Can you sing it? We, we, why don't we save that for BPCon? Okay. All right. Afterwards. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
Well, we also have other great real estate agents with us. Bigger Pockets, OG Anson Young. Anson, what's up, man? Hey, Dave. How's it going, man? Good. Good to have you on the show. So Anson, for those people who don't know you, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Of course. Yeah, I've been uh, investing and had my license since 2006-ish. And uh, I mainly do uh, residential single family real estate here in Denver, Colorado. I was briefly licensed in uh, Arizona uh, when we were doing some REO. So I have experience on the agent side with REO, short sales, just regular uh, regular retail real estate. And then also um, do a lot of house hackers lately. So seems to be a big market segment. But um, I'm also a Bigger Pockets author, a book called Finding and Funding Great Deals. And yeah, enjoying life out here in Denver. And we also have Ryan Blackstone. Ryan, is this your second time on the show? Third time? Second time, yeah. All right. Well, welcome back. For those who didn't listen to your first episode, can you just introduce yourself, please? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Ryan Blackstone, we're in Northwest Arkansas. And so we do residential, small multi uh, storage units and uh, large multifamily. So have fun in that. Nice. That's great. And so let's start with you. Curious just a little bit about the Denver market. Um, you know, this is selfish because I still own property there. What's <laughs> what's happening in Denver? Yeah, man. Denver acts, uh, Denver's nice because it acts like the coasts. And so when, you know, trouble comes around, we typically can weather the storm a lot better than the Sun Belt and uh, the Southeast and areas like that. Rust Belt for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, Looking at all this, the stats and everything, it's still a strong or still a seller's market. It's not, you know, strong, strong, but it's still seller's market. You know, prices are still up year over year. Uh, from this time last year, we only have six weeks of inventory and inventory basically cures all problems. It feels like uh, as long as you have low inventory, it feels like things chug along no matter what. And um, and yeah, it seems like. Things are, you know, we had a little bit of a dip in the beginning of the year, probably due to interest rates and other things. But, uh, but yeah, this summer has been chugging along, and we have, you know, our days on markets lower, and our prices are are up, even though we still have some price reductions and stuff. But overall, I mean, it still feels pretty normal and pretty, you know, the the same stuff we've seen for the last like three years. Inventory's low, <laughs> things are still selling, and uh, and yeah. Overall, good. Anson, uh, Denver's market, I think, is, you know, it's funny. I've been tracking the market because it's very similar to Seattle's. Uh, we've been seeing the same kind of trend where it kind of came down and bounced back up. Are you seeing the seesaw market, though, that we're seeing like every two weeks? It like goes up and then it comes back down. It's like this constant up and down or not and not big swings, but more just yeah. transactions wise. Are you seeing that in your guys' local market right now? I don't know about every two weeks. I think that'd be kind of hard to track, but I think um, it, it definitely does this weird, you know, thing. We obviously we, seasonal. I'm sure uh, Seattle seasonal as well. You know, winter times a little slower than summer and all that. But um, I think overall it's been pretty strong. But we do have, you know, there are fluctuations for sure where it feels like there's less listings in the last couple of weeks, and then it'll pop, and then it'll go back down. So yeah, for sure. 
What about you, Ryan? I mean, from I, and just so everyone knows, uh, Ryan and Henry Washington, who you all know, work together. But, you know, from what we hear from Henry, everything's always perfect in Northwest Arkansas. <laughs> and it's just a magical place where real estate works all the time. Is that is that what you see as well? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's the same thing uh, that Henry's been saying. So okay. you guys need to invest here. I mean, but uh, but but for real, I think uh for us, it's the same as what Anson was saying. It feels like we we were climbing this mountain, right? And then when we got to the peak, it which was like third quarter, fourth quarter, you know, we kind of just are have been on this plateau. It's not going up. I mean, it's going up slightly. Uh, it's not going down. We're just plateaued in in some regard. The, the big change from 2022 to 2023. Uh, is is seasonality came back right? So typically Q4 Q1 uh, operates 20% less than Q2 and Q3, and so uh, we have seen that. But but you know that's just signs of a normal healthy market. So and do you think like are, are things fall are all asset classes all price ranges following the same pattern? Yeah, that's a good question. No, that is not true. Like small multifamily is just going nuts. I would say small multifamily is way harder than than just normal single family residential. And that's partly because with the higher interest rates, the the uh, a bigger buyer pool now is uh people who are wanting to house hack where they buy a duplex, live in one side and, and rent out the other side. So now small multifamily just runs and operates on like retail market prices instead of any kind of cash flow price uh, from what we, we are seeing. Uh, the other th- interesting thing for us is our rent rates are still double digits, like 18% increase in rents. And, and what I've heard or learned is we are so deregulated on our rent rates that um, honestly, we we don't increase our rents because we don't have to. If I needed to, to sell a property, I can double my, my rent rate and uh, there's no problem. Whereas I heard in other big metropolitan areas where it's highly regulated, you kind of have to keep it, uh, keep, rent increases otherwise you miss out and so um and then office space i would say uh maybe struggling we're not really feeling that but warehouse space storage space is like skyrocketing still Hmm. so that's what we're feeling so henry's not painting a picture dave he it really (laughs) is just a magical real estate bubble Ryan, on these small multifamilies, that actually kind of caught me a little bit by surprise because I, I, I know the multifamily market has slowed down because, you know, our investor rates are terrible. It's hard to cash flow deals. And you kind of mentioned that now, you know, and those investors were acquiring all these properties for two, three years. You couldn't really get them as a, as a house hack owner occupied. And, and I know Anson also mentioned the same thing with the house hacking. Are you guys seeing that more in your local market where the affordability is people are just going to a new strategy to buy? You know, they're essentially paying for the rate increase and switch uh, by, by renting out, subsidizing their mortgage and then going towards the multifamily. Is that majority of the transactions going on and where people are really focused on to kind of buy, you know, get their monthly cost down? What I'm seeing as far as buyers in the market, period, is you need to either have cash or cash equivalent 
And if you're needing to be in specific locations, you are looking to house hack and you're totally cool with that, right? Or it's like, how can I live in this or sustain in this property for the next five or 10 years, right? Because they, they don't think they're going to rotate out um, in, in a quick time frame, right? And so um, the way to get your, your payments down because the interest rates are high is to offset with, with rentals. Now, the like Anson was saying, the biggest problem is still supply, right? We have like 10 to 12 new households move in to Northwest Arkansas each day. And there we aren't even coming close to building that much. And in fact, builders, builder permits have dropped even more. So again, it's still like, yes, it's harder for buyers and maybe the amount of buyer pool has dropped, but so has the seller pool um, and listings and new builds. And and with multifamily, it, it, there's not much uh, multifamily being built. So I'm not seeing like a ton of multifamily transactions. I probably see more if there was more supply. There's just not enough supply out there. And the only big multifamily that is being built is 100 plus um, apartment complexes. So Anson, everything's perfect in Denver too, right? You know, oh, everything, yeah, sure. everything cash flows, you know, you just throw a dart at a dartboard. <laughs> that, that's how I invest. Um, <laughs> I need that. Uh, I need that astrologer's phone number. Um, <laughs> no, so no. So like, uh, kind of like Ryan was saying, I, I would say like the majority of our transactions are just basic mom and pop, you know, um, need to need to move before school starts. Just pretty typical, uh, transactions, the, um, kind of the house hacking pool are people who either want to get into investing and, but they want to stay local. So this is kind of the only way that they can do it in Denver. Um, they're not going to like buy a duplex, you know, over in Edgewater or something, and then spend, you know, $600,000 to do that and not really cash flow. They're looking at that value play of house hacking their own property. Um, and so, yeah, I would say like the majority of our transactions are pretty normal, you know, conventional loans, um, all of that. And so like th there's different mar market segments doing different things, but you know, when your median house price is like six or $700,000 and that, um, that's kind of just your average, you know, price these days, you know, people still need to move. We still kind of like Ryan said, we have a lot of influx of new people, uh, something like 50,000 a year coming to, uh, Denver, and we don't have anywhere near that many units being built um, or inventory. I think we have like 5,000 that get listed every month <laughs> and then 4,997 of them sell, you know? So it's like, you know, we're, we're super low inventory and it's, it causes a bunch of crunches in, in a bunch of different areas. Are you seeing any sort of answer like uh, concessions anymore? You know, like, I feel like last year we were seeing a lot of concessions. Is that still happening? Um, it is a little bit. We're not in that seller holds all the cards. They, uh, they hold most of the cards, but not all of them. So they know <laughs> that they have to budge a little bit here and there. There are certain, I think you're, you're kind of below median house price homes in like a good school district. The seller holds all the cards. They, it's going to list, it's going to be gone in four days. There's going to be multiple offers there's no reason to give any concessions in the condo market. Um, and then also um, in, in, in kind of that normal median house price for some reason is the one that's a little bit slower right now. 
uh, in those two markets, there's there's going to be a little bit more uh, concessions given than um, just kind of that all day long below median house price houses that just fly off the shelf. So not not a ton and definitely not as many as the winter time, uh, but they're still definitely happening. I just had a listing where we, you know, we had to give up, you know, a few uh, 5,000 on concessions on a condo, but that's pretty normal because condos aren't selling nearly as quick and way less showings and, and all of that. So just depends. Yeah. What we see in our market for concessions is it is coming back. Uh, but what's very interesting to me is right now, if you took the city and you made it a bold side, there was a lot of new build, new construction on the ancillary markets, the outside rim. And they are offering, the new builders are offering 10% in concessions. So they're trying to pay closing costs, pay down points, offer upgrades. And what happened, because what happened is when everyone could work remote, they're like, okay, it doesn't matter where I live. I'll go more outside of town. I love the country. Yeehaw. Right. And then, and then what happened was, uh, those rate, those prices went up, but now it's unaffordable because now, oh, you need to come back into work. So the amount you have to pay for gas and living far away has changed. Now, new build in the city is still going crazy and there's no concessions there. You guys made a couple of really good points. And, you know, as investors, a lot of times we're, you know, we're always tracking like markets and cities and going, this market's doing really well, right? But there, each, as you're investing in today's market with that high capital, the little bit riskier market, that's going on right now, you have to micro cut them down. And and that's what we're having to do in Seattle too, is, you know, the, the upper echelon, the luxury pricing has compressed about 10% and they're still having to offer concessions because it's just expensive. And the, the amount of people that can afford those higher end markets, I know Anton, we have very similar median home pricing, you know, the, the luxury new constructions, like three to 5 million in our market, that's not trading at all. But then your core, you know, right around median home price homes, if they're in a nice neighborhood that are cleaned up nice, people are buying those and they're selling for over list. The two markets that we're seeing the most amount of like uh, the the two asset classes that we're seeing the most amount of deflation in and concessions are either the super high end luxury or the massive fixers. Those are getting discounted dramatically, too. But the rest of the market's kind of just chugging along, right? Like people are going, "Hey, we need the housing." They're, it's it's they don't have a choice at this point. They need the home. They want to get into a property. They have to make it pencil. Um, and I know in our local market, builders are the ones offering the concessions, not the flippers. The flippers are still moving their deals. Uh, the the new construction guys are still getting lined up with buying their rates down. They're getting preferred lenders, and that's helping move product. But that's where we're kind of seeing this jolt back and forth on the the uber expensive. The inventory is in the uh, above. You know, if you're double the median home price, it is sitting big time. But otherwise, everything else is kind of moving forward. Yeah, I would agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. Flippers, they're not they're not given concessions. And I think the big thing is what, what everyone kind of is saying is if it's fresh and clean and doesn't need repairs, the buyers are taking it right. The thing that makes it hard for the, that buyer is like, Oh crap, it's expensive. And I have to worry about these things breaking or these things fixing as soon as I get in. And so, and, and honestly, the most, the number one buyers that we're really seeing is uh, either cash 
or cash equivalent buyers, meaning that they already bought that first time home and then they're upgrading up. So if you're, if you're, our average sell price is like 425 right now. If you're at 425 or just a little bit higher, you actually, that, that, uh, that buyer has a little bit more discretionary income so they can make it happen. But then we're also seeing cash coming in from family members like grandparents to help the person buy the first home or their 401k. They're, they're cashing out the 401k to then buy a house as well. So it's keeping the, the prices up. I don't really see that they're putting like 25, 35% down, but more getting to that 20%. Let's get rid of PMI. Let's, let's get rid of, um, uh, FHA VA loans and do conventional still. So, so, I, you know, this is this great conversation about the market in general. I want to switch gears a little bit about like what investors should do in your, in your relative types of market. So Anson, if I were new investor moving to Denver, what would you recommend as a, as a strategy? Yeah. I mean, in these kind of high cost of living markets, you have somewhat limited options. You can't do like the crazy cash flow plays in you know, the Midwest or anything like that. Um, the, the things that I'm seeing and the things that I what, that I would do, um, house hack if you can. I think it's still a great strategy here. Uh, there's still a lot of of, of upside and, and a lot of opportunities there. Whether it's like an up down you know house that where the basement split off or you split it off yourself, um, side by side duplex. There's room by room ADUs. We've opened up a lot of ADU zoning here in Denver. So accessory dwelling unit, you can build a carriage house or a garage with a two, you know, two bedroom apartment over it. Um, those are all value add plays that make sense. And if you're not into, you know, house hacking and sharing your space, um, there are ways to maximize your cash flow here, which, uh, midterm rentals, short-term rentals and room by room rentals, you know, always underwrite your deal with long-term cash flow as your la your last resort. But we do have a lot of opportunities in certain areas for short-term. Um, there's you know restrictions, of course, in Denver, Aurora, Boulder, the kind of the big areas. But there are little pockets where you can still buy you know for for short-term rentals, and there's no regulations. So uh, I would keep an eye out for that. Midterm, we have a lot of hospital complexes. Really strong healthcare uh, center for job centers here. Um, that's a great way to maximize your cash flow. And since it is not very affordable to live here, a lot of young professionals are opting for a room by room type arrangement where they can, you know, be in a five bedroom house, rent one of the bedrooms in the common areas are furnished, and they are saving, you know, half as much on their rent. You know, you can go go get a one bedroom for 2000 a month, or you can rent a room in a nice house for 1200 a month. Um, most of those young professionals, you know, would take that other option. And, um, and so those rentals are doing really well. There's, there's even management companies that are springing up around just room by room management companies. And so there's, there's ways to do that, um, that I think make a lot of sense when you can maximize your cash flow Cause you can't really, you can't change your interest rate and you can, if you're good at finding deals, you can do that. Um, but if you're just kind of a normal investor and, you know, you kind of take what you can get from wholesale market or on the market, then working on maximizing your cash flow would be the way to go. 
So that's what I would do. Yeah, those are those are great ideas. It, with when it's rent with the room, I'm I'm always curious about this. Like, do you have any <laughs> concept of like how much more cash flow it could generate? So, like on a you know a five bedroom, six bedroom house just north of Denver, um, in kind of like Westminster area. You know, there's there's some really good areas there where this makes sense. It's close to Boulder, close to Denver, uh, just down the road from the airport. If if uh, on the highway, so an area like that, a a five bedroom single family, if you just rent it long term, probably rent for three thousand, uh, thirty two hundred, somewhere around there. That's that's probably the max that you're going to get. Whereas room by room, if it's you know, obviously, if it's decent, at you know the common areas are nice. It's it's been upgraded somehow, in some way. Um, you can easily get twelve hundred per bedroom, and so you're talking you know twelve hundred times five versus the thirty two hundred a month. So there's there's almost a, it's not quite two x, but um, there there's a significant boost in that income that makes it worthwhile for sure. Wow, that that is very significant. I have found the same that renting by the room will get you a lot more money for your property, but it also brings you a lot more problems. Ah. At least <laughs> I dealt with. I, I I remember last year I got a call from one of the. It, I had brought a property up for for rent for like thirty five hundred bucks, and these group of five approached me and said, "Hey, we'll pay you by the room. Can we do this?" And I was like, "As far as long as it's on one master lease, I'm not doing individual leases." And I kind of was a little worried about it, but the cash flow was so much better. And then, sure enough, ninety days later. I get messages from all these tenants like the fifth tenant is walking around naked all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and I'm yeah. like, this yeah. is not my problem. You guys, we did one master lease. If you want to remove them, that's fine. But, you know, they are it is a great way to sub, get into the market. And that it comes down to as an investor, sometimes you've got to deal with some grief to get into the, the game. Oh, totally. Yeah. When we were flipping 2008, it wasn't easy to get in, but we had to do what we had to do. And so it comes with the problems, but it's just sometimes it comes with what the scenario is. So it's the suggestion to buy in Denver, house hack it, and be okay with that naked man for a year, and then we'll be golden? <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's the strategy. No, but I agree with that general sentiment, James. It's it's so true that like it's not 2010. You can't just buy anything and make it easy. That doesn't mean there's no options, but you're going to have to like do a little bit of work, whether it's doing a reno, you know, a value add, that's work in the same way. It's that's additional headache in the same way that rent by the rooms are additional headache. But like, you know, we talk about this all the time. Real estate is not like really a passive business, except in some extreme ex circumstances like syndications, but like really it's just entrepreneurship and you just got to pick the business that you want to run. And this is an option to build a, ca a higher cash flowing business, but it is more operationally complex. Yeah. And treat it as a bridge, right? Like when you're looking at a property, if you have to rent it by the room, that's going to give you high income, it'll cash flow it. But then see how long you're going to have to do that. If you do think rates are going to fall over the next 12 to 24 months, you can plug that new rate in, you know, like that's what we've been doing is plug in the 6% rate in two years and then we're going, okay, cash flow is good here. So it's almost just bridging you through. And the good thing is right now you can get some good discounts on property where you can get the equity, you can get the cash flow to cover. And then once rates fall, you can go back to a traditional rental and get rid of the headache. And so, you know, don't, don't always worry about the now, you know, it's that short-term pain, long-term gain. You just kind of got to grind it through at this point. All right, Ryan, what about you in Northwest Arkansas? Where, what would you recommend for, for investors if they were new to the area and they wanted to get into the market? 
best possible options for them? Yeah. So I always say the number one winner is always if you're going to be proactive and finding your own off-market deals, that's surefire number one. House hacking is great as well. And and I would just make a preface. I have a good buddy, uh, Conrad Eberhard. Shout out to him. He's a lender. Um, he was just telling me that uh, we have a like buyers have a there's so much fear in the market right now. And so that's reflecting in the interest rate. And then if interest rates go down to five and a half percent, it's like a trigger rate. And so what will end up happening is everything will go gangbusters again and prices will start soaring. And so if that is happening, then anything buying right now is still good. Even though it's hard, I would still say it's good to buy as long. My, my big thing is, as long as you can make the payments and you don't have to set, then you don't have to sell, then you're never losing in real estate. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I would say off market, I would say, uh, house hacking and then midterm is great. We still have deregulate. We have no, not much regulation on any short term rentals. Um, and then, uh, flipping or building. Still is great, but when you're flip, you're you're not wholetailing. You're flipping it. You're making it amazing. Nice. And what kind of like have margins changed at all um, over the last couple of years? Yeah, I mean Henry Henry has to do work to make seventy five thousand now per flip. (laughs) Poor guy. I know. I can't just list it and be like, "Hey, that critter's uh, uh comes with the house. They got a lease on it." You know. <laughs> that's why we're giving him the day off. He's he's at the spa, just relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good point. It's if you want to put in the work, the margins are there. Yeah. It's like go after the the ones that you have to put in work, and the margins have doubled at least at what we've seen on, across the West Coast. Um, but it, Ryan said you got to put in the work. This is this is a full on business. This is not for, you know, you're not going to get lucky with the rates anymore. It's interesting. Typically, I would say our smaller market, which I still think we're a big market, but whatever, uh, is like a crystal. <laughs> you guys are like a crystal ball, which is great for me. So whenever I see the bigger markets take a dip or go up or whatever, I'm like, OK, that's what I get to look forward to in six months. Yay. But it's weird. It's kind of still the same. Right. That's what I'm hearing. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think so. At least that's what we're we're seeing on a national level in most in most of these big markets. So, Ryan, I, I don't know. Are you an investor yourself as well? Yes. Do you have any recent deals you can tell us about? Yeah, the I'm honestly uh, putting too much money into our office renovation, and that's still going (laughs) and struggle bussing. But uh, we just bought um, some storage unit facilities down in the capital of Arkansas, Little Rock. Um, So that that's been good, and then uh, flipping a deal a deal here or there. So. My main focus has been growing my team on the sales side of things and yeah. taking care of that office. Yeah. How, how long have you been doing the office? Just out of curiosity. Oh, my goodness. You don't like want to a, say. <laughs> a, April of last year, I think I bought it and uh, just keep dumping money into it. So we did sell two storage unit facilities in Kansas City uh, and got some money there to put into the office. nice nice well when when james and i moved to northwest arkansas we'll lease some space for you there you go yeah it's a co-working space you know henry's there on there other investors the whole on the market team it'll be great henry always puts a bow on that market i'm really interested in going to visit it yeah it'll be fun i'll take you around the only thing james is the 
You have to fly to your boat. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Anson? What de- what deals are you up to these days? Yeah, so um, for the past like year and a half, two years, I've been focused mainly out of state. Uh, the grass is somewhat greener in some respects. At least uh, I think competition really, you know, kind of drove me a little bit outside of Denver um, to go into the Midwest. And so our deals, what they look like now, is uh, you know, um, is burr deals. Um, in, in Ohio and, and Nebraska, and then also, uh, wool wholesale or wool flip deals that just don't meet our criteria, um, m- mainly wholesale them, um, just to kind of get recoup some marketing money and go back at it. But, um, that's, uh, th- that's been my main focus is, is cash flow. And so finally, finally getting on the smart bus and, and going that route. So, well, uh, yeah. Is it just a balance? Like, do you still own properties in Denver? I haven't been like much of a buy and hold investor here. I've been mainly just wholesaling and flipping in Denver my whole career. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have, you know, I don't really have much here. Um, everything is, uh, is out of state these days. But yeah, I guess you're still kind of achieving that balance. Like you, you get yeah. your sort of hits of income in Denver from flipping or wholesaling or yeah. your agent business and agent then stuff. Yep. Exactly. getting the passive stuff externally. Yeah. Makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Anton, have you switched the markets in the Midwest? So as you're starting buying in other markets or you keep rentals, with the rates changing, have you switched all that up and, di- and forecast in? You know, buying rentals in different states is, yeah, I'm more of a backyard investor, but it's it's always been interesting, but it's hard, right? You got to renovate them. You got to target the right market. Are you buying in different markets now than you were 18 months ago because of just rates in, in the cash flow positions? No, because I mean, once you've kind of built up teams and marketing and everything else and kind of push that snowball downhill, it's kind of hard to, there'd have to be something more catastrophic than just a couple points in a rate increase to have to shift that hard to take, you know, a huge right turn into a different market. So we're, we're still in the same exact markets that we were, uh, we're investing in, you know, the people on the ground and the market itself and, uh, and still making it work through, you know, trying to buy as low as possible, trying to maximize the cash flow on the other end. And like you said, James, if the if the interest rate comes down to six in two years, then we're you know we're we're golden for that. And in the meantime, we can still pencil deals now. And so we're you know we're just focused on that. And so we haven't had to shift too hard. Um, we've we've probably pulled back in expanding into a couple markets, uh, but I mean, in hindsight, we probably should have just uh, gone gone full bore into, you know, one or two other markets as well. So Arkansas, Arkansas, <laughs> I don't know, like between James and Dave, it's good. Too much competition there. No, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. no we're going to all do it together. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I love that because what, you know, Anthony just said is he, he built good systems over the last three to five years in different markets. And no matter what's going on, you're still buying the same type of deal flow. You're just kind of adjusting your mindset behind that. And I know in Seattle, we've had to do the same thing. It's like, we don't really care what's going on. We're just buying. We're going to be always be buying. And, you know, and you just have to tweak your systems. And if you have that set up correctly, you just have to more tweak it rather than rebuild. And, you know, for us, we've been buying a lot of value add and getting a lot bigger deals done because that that that's just what's available right now. And, uh, you know, as long as you have those good systems, you can make your pivots and every market still has an opportunity. It doesn't need to be an affordable market. It can be an expensive market. They all have opportunities. You just got to switch on how you're looking at them right now. That's a good way to, to wrap it up, James. I think you just put a bow on this entire episode. So, uh, 
Let's get out of here. Anson, for people who want to uh, learn more about you, obviously, they have your book. You can find in the Bigger Pockets uh, bookstore, which is biggerpockets.com slash store. Uh, where else can people uh, interact with you, get to know more about you? Yeah, if you uh, want to connect with me on Bigger Pockets, um, just search my name there. I'll, I'll pop up uh, on Instagram at Young Anson. And uh, that's me. All right. And Ryan, what about you? Yeah, same. Bigger Pockets. You can find me there. Uh, just type in my name or uh, YouTube. We've got a channel called Black Sun Co. We're starting to throw stuff on there. And then Instagram. I'm not on as much, but uh, at Ryan.Blackstone12. All right. Great. James, what about you? Uh, probably the easiest place is Instagram at jdaneflips or uh, check me out on jamesdanard.com. All right. And I am always on Bigger Pockets, or you can find me on Instagram where I'm at the Data Deli. Anson and Ryan, thank you both so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Hopefully we'll we'll have you back on sometime. Tell us how your markets are shifting in a couple months from now. Sounds perfect. Love it. Thank you. On the Market is created by me, Dave Meyer, and Kaylin Bennett. Produced by Kaylin Bennett. Editing by Joel Esparza and Onyx Media. Research by Pooja Jindal. Copywriting by Nate Weintraub. And a very special thanks to the entire Bigger Pockets team. The content on the show On the Market are opinions only. All listeners should independently verify data points, opinions, and investment strategies. Investing in small multifamily properties is probably the most popular niche in the entire Bigger Pockets community, and there's a good reason for that. You can put as little as 3.5% down and own up to four units. So just think about that for a second. You can house hack where you live in one of the units, but in addition to having a place to live, you still have three different groups of tenants helping to pay down your mortgage each month. You have four kitchens and bathrooms that you could add value to to build equity. You could also turn one or more of the properties into a short-term rental or a medium-term rental. And all of this, what I'm describing here, is just one transaction. But of course, the question is, where do you find one of these small multifamily properties that you can afford? Which markets and which deals are best for you? How about after you close? How do you manage it? Optimize it. Keep scaling and living your life without being tied down by four leaky toilets or four fussy tenants. These are all great questions. And luckily for you, they're going to be answered in the upcoming Small Multifamily Bootcamp with Chris Lopez and Leica Devatha. So if you're serious about growing your portfolio with this highly efficient, great strategy, head to biggerpockets.com slash four today and join us in the Small Multifamily Bootcamp. I'll see you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investments in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.